0: For me, training and exercise and fitness was always a form of play for me. It was my happy time, my fun time. And when I first came to CrossFit, I think CrossFit still had this kind of almost like hardcore, you know, like very heavy military kind of ties, which is fantastic. And, you know, that's obviously where the sport came from. But um, like very kind of, you know, you train hard, work out until you kind of collapse or, you know, don't like all that sort of stuff. And like, like awesome, like some people thrive on that. Uh, but for me, that was never the mentality I had or wanted to have around training. I wanted it to be play and I wanted it to be fun. So that is where we brought the name play into the gym to CrossFit play.
1: Hi, my name is Scott Sweitzer and I am the Clydesdale CrossFitter. My friends Amy Radowski, Charlie Odi, and Kat Shear and I, we are 40 plus Masters athletes who love the sport of CrossFit. We want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news from the Open to the Sanctionals to the CrossFit Games. We also want to share our journey to get fit and healthy using the sport of CrossFit. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button and consider giving us a five-star rating. We are now available on YouTube at the Clydesdale Crossfitter and Friends podcast and all traditional podcast platforms. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Clydesdale Crossfitter. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Crossfitter and Friends. Hey guys, we're back again.
2: Hey, another week.
1: Another week, live in living color, back on YouTube. Uh, it's been exci- an exciting week for us.
3: It is, it's been a busy week.
1: Very busy. Yeah,
3: we've got a lot going on.
1: And uh, it's going to be great for our listeners because we have been working very hard doing a lot of interviews uh, over the last couple days. And we have a couple more scheduled over the next couple days. So we have a lot of content to get out there. It's going to be exciting.
2: I want to say a lot of um, excitement for our listeners and our viewers.
1: And our viewers,
2: right? Viewers, Since we're now on
1: YouTube. Yeah, got to get the the right terminology, huh? Yeah,
2: yeah, fans.
1: So So how, so how <laughs> was uh, fans? <laughs> uh, so how was your week otherwise?
2: Training week. Was pretty good. Um, I actually did <laughs> yesterday and today. Actually, was pretty terrible workouts. So I did this one workout yesterday that was three rounds, and it involved like a ruck run. It involved just a regular body weight run, and then five rope climbs and a bunch of snatches, and then three rounds of that. And so it was really the rope climbs that were slowing me down, and so that was rough. But I'm really glad. Like I just needed some hard work, kind of you know, work to do. And then I was just telling Cat that. I did uh, some Tosh sprints today on the Assault Runner and I've done Tosh sprints before where it's like you run 200, um, you run 400, you run 600, so three rounds of that with a work-to-rest ratio and I swear it took me way longer to do it on the Assault Runner and I'm glad I made myself do it, but I didn't love it, I didn't.
1: Kat, how was your week?
3: Um, I had an okay week. I, uh, I trained Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, got this crazy headache on Thursday night and took Friday, Saturday off. I literally on my whoop strap yesterday, I think my strain was like 2.5. I don't know how, like, and I did get up and like walk around the house. Um, but it was miserable. So I, uh, I rounded out the week today. My, uh, my training partner came to the garage and we did two workouts, um, that we missed. I've been doing my own programming. Um, and so it's been hard. It, you know, I, I feel bad for the people that actually follow us. It's <laughs> <laughs> It's tough.
1: But you do it. So
3: I do it. I think, yeah. I, I think, think that's important. I wish I had done some of them ahead of time because I will literally post it on Instagram and then I'll do like a little follow up afterwards and I'll say things like, uh, I changed it and this is what I did because <laughs> it was hard. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Mad props to any any coach that does their own programming, I think it, it just um, it makes it more believable. And, and because you're, you're doing what you're saying to do. So it's, it, it's a lead by example. That's yeah, what I'm trying to get to. to.
3: Yeah, I have to, for sure. It's been tough. Yeah.
1: So my week has been utter chaos. Um, you know, we, we did some social media things to kind of promote the show And we got a lot of feedback from some different athletes after that. Um, So it was kind of a mad rush to kind of get everything scheduled because we had all these athletes who wanted to come on the show after we did that, which was crazy and, uh, you know, awesome and all that. And at the same time, I lost internet for six (laughs) days. You know, I know Ah. that that it's, it's a first world problem to lose internet. But OMG, when you are a podcaster uh, and you're working from home during a quarantine uh, and there's no internet, it is unreal.
3: Yeah. What happened? Was, did like a squirrel chew through the cable or like what?
1: So I really don't know what the, the end result was. Um, Friday, the tech came and he replaced everything from the receptacle that comes up out of the ground in my backyard to my modem, including the modem everything is brand new and it still wouldn't work. So they had to have maintenance. It was on the internet providers. And so it was either the receptacle or before, uh, and they actually got it fixed. I guess Friday night. I didn't know it until Saturday morning. Uh, cause I had to reset everything and have them activate everything. Um, but yep, we're back did, up and running now.
2: Did they take care of you as far as your billing?
1: Uh, they are. Um, yes, I do not okay. have to pay this month's bill.
2: Okay. Oh, good. Well, oh, is nice. I, I won't sell out who it was, but I will just say that listening to you describe how you handled um, the response of your frustration on their um, Facebook page was <laughs> was the highlight for me of the week. So I, I appreciated the humor
1: there. Yeah, I have. I have a little bit of a temper when it comes to customer service. Okay, as you Uh, I I have told um, companies that I will burn them down, their house down on the internet uh, when they don't provide me the service I think I deserve. Uh, And so I kind of did that again this week uh, in a very creative fashion. It
2: was very clever. It really was.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, that was fun. Um, workout wise, I'm still struggling with the back. And one of the things that happened is I had an appointment scheduled with my chiropractor to kind of get realigned. And because of the internet issue, I could not go, uh, because Mm -hmm. the tech was sitting in my house, uh, and I wasn't going to leave my wife alone with the tech, um, just for trust reasons and stuff, not for my wife, but, (laughs) you know, but, uh, you know, I don't know this tech from Adam. And so, yeah. So anyway, it's been a rough week. Um, I am, I have gotten some, um, as Charlie puts it, prison workouts in lots of push-ups, uh, lots of air squats. Uh, I'm doing step ups on my basement steps, just like up and down the steps uh, for reps, uh, doing what I can.
2: Yeah. Just gotta move.
1: Yep. And so that, that's kind of been my week and training week. Um, but I'm most excited about the guests that we have talked to this week. And especially one that we are airing today,
2: so if you 've been a listener of the show, I think in in every episode i 've dropped this person 's name I think at I least mean, some, at least
1: once sometimes twice
2: at least one i mean at least I try to incorporate this this particular guest into every episode, whether it be my favorite thing on the internet or just good news to share and so Kat knew about this from being a listener now um, a co-host and she worked some magic and I'm gonna let her announce who our guest is
3: yeah so I just had I had a few connections I um, I used to volunteer actually for the um the grid league I was a they called us a, a griddler uh, it was like a barbell wrangler for their combine. Um, so I had some contacts there through the brawlers. I had a uh, an old friend who moved away and came back, and he was actually on the team with uh, with Con Porter. Um, and so I reached out to my buddy, who basically told me, "Listen, if you've reached out to Con, and he said he hasn't responded yet, he probably doesn't want to come on your podcast." And so I was like, "Oh crap! Well, I'm going to try anyway." So I tried to reach out to him um, and I dropped my buddy's name, you know, just in the communication and somehow, you know, Con responded and he was really, you know, into doing it. I think maybe timing was everything sometimes when you're, when you reach out to these folks. So he was real, real responsive, real receptive. And we got him, we got him on the show. And it was,
2: it was an amazing interview. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it really was.
1: Yeah. I have to say, I like, I've always liked Con Porter, but I didn't, I didn't love him like Amy and Kat kind of do. Um but after this interview he definitely went up in my in my eyes a lot uh and how open and frank and raw he he really was in his talk. Yeah. Yeah,
3: definitely. he's just not he's not just another pretty face.
1: No. So with that, let's um roll that footage. Hey Con, how's it going?
0: Hey buddy, good thank you.
1: Good to, uh glad you could be on with us today. We're so excited. Uh this is our second international podcast, so Oh, uh, cool. yeah. So uh, just wanted to see how you were doing. Uh, introduce you to our crowd. Uh, you are a six time CrossFit Games qualifier. Hopefully you get to take advantage Hopefully of our six.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll see how that goes.
1: Uh, five times as an individual and one time as a team. And so uh, in this crazy time, I know it's been really crazy in Australia. You guys went through the brush fires. Uh, Yeah,
0: Yeah, I saw a great meme, uh, actually, where someone had the picture of the Jumanji board And they said, whoever started playing this in 2020, you need to finish the game now Because it's (laughs) just been wild down here
1: And now we're in the quarantine, so what's that like in Australia?
0: Um, So it varies state to state I'm in New South Wales, in Sydney uh, Like, I'm right in the city, is uh, where I live Just clarifying that that statement. Um, yeah, Uh, and we are probably the worst in terms of the quarantine and the lockdown uh, laws at the moment. So we are basically at what they call stage three, which means we there's effectively sixteen reasons you can leave your house now. One of those, it's a lot of grey areas. So, for example, I'm doing this podcast currently from uh, a gym. I'm one of the owners of the gym. So technically I'm allowed to use the gym to get it. And I guess also training is a part of my job. I live in a one bedroom apartment. I can't put a whole bunch of equipment in there. I can kind of fit a bike and a dumbbell. That's about it. So you can leave your home for things like work. If you can't do your work at home uh, or to exercise or to go and get food and essentials, then obviously essential workers and stuff as well can leave their home but um like it's it's pretty serious like there's a lot of people have lost their jobs, and that the actual spread of the disease is not at the kind of level that it is. I know for you guys in the states i've got a lot of friends over there. I know things are quite like quite hectic for you guys over there, so that's um we're, not, we're certainly not quite there in terms of that, but yeah the guy go- the government sort of slowly uh restricting more and more things and it's it's certainly changed the day-to-day well everyone's day-to-day life significantly but so it has everywhere in the world
1: yeah we're (coughs) we're um we're in ohio three of us one of us is in delaware uh in ohio we're kind of in the peak for what they're predicting our our level to be in kind of soon on the downhill so we're hoping to be oh that's good news relatively soon um yeah
0: i think most of my friends are like new york or new york area based so it's a little a lot of my friends are so it's a very different story i think for them
1: yeah new york is probably the worst hit in the states Mm. um so let's talk about some good news um
0: yeah absolutely
1: uh so what what is your family like are you able to see them at all right now and and how important are they in your life
0: so, I'm not able to see my family. They live on the Central Coast, which is about an hour and a half north of Sydney. Uh, so, that's where I grew up. My brothers both still live at the family house, so a nice, like a nice house up there. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're great. Like, I mean, I, like, I'm super close with my family, my parents uh, and my younger brothers. Like, especially my parents, though. I think I... Sort of left home quite young And my other brothers have been home Like they're both younger than me But they've been home for a long time Um, So I think that I'm stoked That they're there for my mum and dad Um, Mum and dad though They're both essential workers So dad works in Aboriginal health So he still commutes down Goes to work every day in a... uh, I guess a uh, medical and sort of like a help center for uh, indigenous Australians. And then Mum is a midwife. So she's still working in hospitals, delivering babies and um, they're, yeah, they're both still kind of chopping along and doing, doing their jobs. They both love their jobs and I'm stoked that they're able to do that. But I, I certainly worry about them. and You know, with a long weekend just going, we are like essential travel is banned. You can't drive probably more than sort of 10 to 15 minutes where we are. And, police are enforcing that so unfortunately I would have loved to have gone up and spent some time with them but I sort of chat to them maybe once every second day on the phone and you know check in with my brothers who are kind of like there as well and they're all looking after each other really really well but I certainly do miss them Um, yeah I I used to work dad used to work at the gym that I train at so uh, I used to see him every day and it's been an adjustment in of itself, not seeing him every day. So certainly, not being able to see him at all has been has been pretty crazy. Although he did sneak over the other day and pick up the camera. So, but, <laughs> my,
2: but family, do... my family, my are...
0: family sorry.
2: That's okay. I was going to say, but you do have your companion, Koa.
0: Yep, he's there all day, every day. Actually, he's at doggy daycare today. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I needed a Koa free day today.
2: <laughs> oh, really?
0: Nah, he's great. He's just, he's at that age where he's just so big and just getting into everything. So we're supposed to move out of the place that we're in currently uh, a while ago. Um, I wanted a bigger place for him, but well, we want, yeah, but with everything that's going on, obviously that's kind of gone on the back burner now and you know, still looking at places, but then... Yeah, it's, it certainly isn't priority. So he's just kind of like, um, yeah, he just loves getting into everything. And I think as well, he's, because I'm there all day, every day, and he's still only a puppy, he's almost like regressed back to getting a little bit of separation anxiety. So if I do leave the house, he'll just stand at the door and cry. Or even last night we went to bed and he's just standing at the bedroom door crying as well. And I was like, Ben, he hasn't done that in ages. So I was like, I think he needs to go... To doggy daycare for a day, very like around other dogs and other people, so he's not just with me constantly and getting into those bad habits again from that like real little puppy age. Mm-hmm.
2: And so, your other companion is Gemma. Right?
0: Yeah, she's, yeah, and you guys yes, have so she's been at home.
2: together since 2016. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, mid year, about yeah, just after regionals 2016. I think we sort of officially got together. Okay. But she's she's an essential worker as well. So she's actually working, she works in the hospital. Uh, She's an admin. So she is at work every single day as well. So, yeah, it's, I think in some respects though, that's kind of nice. Um, I am very, very big on having my own time and my own space. And I think that if we were like on top of each other in the tiny little one bedroom apartment with co-op, non-stop we drive each other nuts so yeah it's kind of nice that um we are still able to keep a semblance of normality about our lives with you know her being able to go and do her job and me being able to come into the gym and stuff like that as well
1: i 100 percent, hear you there
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: so what was your growing up what did you do athletically
0: i played rugby and surf life-saving was kind of my two main sports
1: so surf lifesaving that was featured in the Australian Championship.
0: It the was Central. the flags. Yes, that was one of my favourite events. Actually, it's a really I was bombs. They didn't have a live stream, but apparently, otherwise, you could watch it on a sort of watch it from someone's camera on an Instagram live. Because I felt like that event could have been one of the coolest events from a viewing perspective. Oh, like it would have been unreal to watch. It's like the the concept of that event for surf lifesaving putting it in the context of crossfit really cool event to see like a bunch of really good athletes go head to head up
1: well it was the pictures were amazing that people were posting on social media from that event with the sand flying everywhere uh i'm, mm. I'm kind of sad we didn't get sick because in the states we don't really know what that game is uh but oh, it it it's like a blast
0: it's like you, well yeah it, it's pretty straightforward you have 10 people on the start line they all line up facing the other way and then you have nine sticks one person gets out Or maybe sometimes they have two, two less sticks or so eight sticks And when it's done probably It's kind of like full contact You can use your shoulders You can do whatever you want to do To kind of Yeah, get that flag off other people Dive you've got, to, like, you've got to really put your body on the line And be willing to kind of get involved In a little bit of kind of argy-bargy If you will So I don't think there's ever been contact Athlete-to-athlete contact Intentional athlete-to-athlete contact Allowed in any CrossFit competition So I think that was pretty cool <laughs>
1: So it was a lot like rugby.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you look at like the kind of contingency, most of the boys come from that rugby or have a bit of a, like surf lifesaving is just kind of a sport. If you live near a beach and you're a sporty kid, you probably will have done surf lifesaving at some point in time. It's as much just about learning water safety as it is about competition. So you would have had a lot of people competing that have probably done the flags before, and then also played some sort of contact sport, whether it's rugby league, rugby union or Australian rules. So that would have been a really good little mix to get everyone in and amongst it. So how long did you play rugby? Oh man, my dad's Kiwi. So it's like religion for them. So as soon as I was old enough to pick up, I was the eldest son. As soon as I was old enough to like legally play rugby, I think I played two years older than I actually was just because that was, I think, the youngest you could possibly be to be allowed <laughs> to go and play. And yeah, that would have been maybe like nine years old I started and then probably went through. I think I played even a rugby league a year before that. So maybe like eight years old through till I was 20. That's awesome. Yeah, so, I love it. Um, it's, it was a great sport.
1: So another uh, sport I wanted to talk about, just touch on briefly, is tribal clash. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we, we saw the Buttery Bros, their, uh, their YouTube vlog and featured them winning it. You guys came in second, correct?
0: No, so I think we ended up like seventh or eighth. So our team was one of two teams that was in first and second the whole weekend. But the competition was one of those competitions where it's like winner just take winner takes all final. So basically they had a series of elimination events and whichever team won the final won the actual competition. So we I think we were sitting in second going into the final and it was like, all right, if we won the final, we won overall. But then, yeah, I think the teams that, like, the Buttery Boys won it and then it was the guys from my gym that took second. So their team finished oh, second. So, got it. So I was very proud of them. <laughs> uh, I was also very much the, uh, the little dog at the gym for the next week <laughs> while well, they all just gave me shit constantly about uh, the fact that they beat us in the competition. But, yeah, I think we came, like, second to last in the final. So I think that made us, like, sixth or seventh overall.
1: And is that something that's been around a long time in Australia and just kind of moving around the world or did it start somewhere else? Do you know?
0: I think it started in the UK and I think it's been around for a few years now. There's so many of these competitions. So that's like one that I was lucky to go and get to do. I think they had their final was planned to be in Croatia and our team was potentially going to go over and do that as well. Um, but there's like so many of these non-crossfit fitness competitions popping up, which I actually think is fantastic I really like the landscape for functional fitness competitions in the way that it's trending But um, i've done other ones like one called the turf games Which started in the uk and then that's now uk and sydney that they have their events and they've started to, I think they even had one in la recently uh, There's tribal clash. There's like yeah, there's all sorts of these different events and they're awesome. Like I really enjoy the variety of different competitions that you can do now.
2: Were you inspired by Charlie's mullet?
0: How good is it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. Was to, inspired. Yeah. Were you, were you inspired to, to have a mullet just like Charlie from tribal clash?
0: Oh, no, I, you know, I'll probably keep the long hair as is. I don't know if I'll go for the mullet yet. I think he was a bit of a trendsetter. He had it in there before the Tiger King even came out. So I guess he can kind of claim to be the original mullet, but no, it was very good though. Very, very good. He's a top bloke too.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, I'm going to turn the questions over to uh, some of the other co-hosts for a little while.
3: So Khan, you mentioned that um, you left home at an early age. What, what precipitated that?
0: uh so i grew up on the central coast of new south wales beautiful part of the world um but it's it was very much quiet coastal town or not so much quiet but just like small coastal town and i think australia is such that you've got kind of sydney and uh maybe brisbane melbourne or sydney melbourne maybe brisbane you're kind of big sort of businessy hubs and that's kind of where you go uh, I guess if you want to have a career so i moved out with uh, my two best mates and my girlfriend at the time both my mates and my girlfriend were going to the same university Uh, and then i wanted to go to university as well so i actually looked into i studied a communications degree for my first time around at university with a major in journalism and i got uh obviously most of the work in that industry is in big cities so that was one of the reasons that i went down to sydney as well um yeah, ended up only working very briefly in that industry. But um, yeah, I, I guess it was just I get out of the small sort of town, get out of the Central Coast, sort of expand all our opportunities. My friends were doing it. My partner at the time wanted to do it as well. So I was I was on board. I've always been one to put my hand up for something new and different. Like I'm very, very big on like that sort of thing. Like I love going to new places, like traveling to new places and just kind of, you know, do, do do make a big decision and then sort of deal with all the fallout from it afterwards, which is a good and a bad thing sometimes. But yeah, I think that was a big part of why I wanted to go down to the big city and I guess like a fresh start, something different um, and a lot more, or I perceived it to have a lot more opportunities. And as much as I love the Central Coast and I'll, you know what, I'll probably end up back there one day, maybe when I'm older, but I'd, like Sydney is my favourite place in the world. I'm so happy to call this city home.
2: So, I have to tell you that i've I've been on this podcast for several episodes and I give you tons of shout outs every week. just so oh, you. wicked <laughs> but, Thank um, you. i've I've been drawn to talk to you for a couple of different reasons. and um two of the main reasons is number one because you've been such an advocate for mental health, not only just in this arena of crossFit, but just as an athlete and as a male, um, and I've wanted to kind of share that with with people here in the us. Um, And then the other is because of play. So I am a preschool teacher, and I am an advocate for play. And so I I was on your website and saw your quote and how you define play, and that is very, you know, similar to things that I advocate for. And so talk to us a little bit about being the founder of CrossFit Play and and why that um,
0: speaks to you so i guess for me a bit of feedback there sorry i guess for me um gosh it's the the name play and where that came from has been that i guess could come back you could go all the way back to fitness for me has always been an outlet of sorts and you can kind of tie this into mental health i guess as well like without going into huge amounts of detail, I'm not sure if it's something you guys do want to talk about at whatever stage, like I deal with mental health issues that basically just make it feel like there is just all this noise constantly in my head. And I have tried many different ways, some fantastic and positive and some very negative to deal with that noise. And something that I've always found was, a means of getting myself out of my own head and creating a positive experience that I was in control of was training, even far before I found CrossFit, far before I found anything. So for me, training and exercise and fitness was always a form of play for me. It was my happy time, my fun time. And when I first came to CrossFit, I think CrossFit still had this kind of almost like hardcore you know like very heavy military kind of ties which is fantastic and you know that's obviously where the sport came from but um like very kind of you know you train hard work out until you kind of collapse or you know don't like all that sort of stuff and like like awesome like some people thrive on that uh but for me that was never the mentality i had or wanted to have around training i wanted it to be play, and i wanted it to be fun so that is where we brought the name play into the gym to crossfit play Uh, i started it with uh and my ex the same ex that i moved to sydney down for um and she and i i remember one day we sat in the car like we are going to come up with a name for this gym and by the time we get out of the car and i said play and we were both just like it's perfect it suits exactly what it's supposed to be Um, and i guess that has just evolved like play the concept of like play, fun, happiness, sort of being the precursor to then hard work and success has been something that I've just devoted probably way too much time into sort of actually studying and developing as an idea and as, I guess, a kind of core philosophy of my life, if if, if you would go that far. Um, And, you know, I just believe that we as human beings need to create time and space for play and fun because, Society puts such a high value on hard work and sort of that's this idea of like grinding and, uh, you know, suffering to get to it, just suffering for success. And there is an element of suffering that goes into any process of success. There is an element of suffering that will become part of, um, you know, achieving. And it is like people that have to go through that. It's super duper. It's important to note that. And it's important to kind of show respect to that and to acknowledge it and to to that sort of thing. But I think there isn't enough attention and focus put on the fact that, do you know what? The more fun you can have along the way, the easier it's going to be for you to manage the periods of suffering. And, you know, like I said, if you look at some of the mental, I don't want to call it suffering. I don't like to look at it as like a kind of, oh like I have a very good relationship with my mental health issues, if that makes sense. Like I don't see it as suffering. It's just shit that I have to deal with. Um, But I use play and I use fun to offset that. And rather than me focus on the, Hey, you know what? Like I'm really good at suffering because I've suffered a lot in my own head. I look at it as more as, hey, you know, what? I'm actually really good at having fun, which makes dealing with the shit times a hell of a lot easier. And that's just a different kind of approach, I think, a lot. than a lot of people do take towards uh, the process of trying to achieve something. So it's something that, yeah, I don't know, like, if you can't tell I'm super passionate about, and um, I think really does resonate with with me and with my own process and i really try to instill into other people that i see maybe going down that path of nah you've just got to be hardcore and everything should suck because if it sucks then it's hard and if it's hard then it's worth doing it's like well you know what, if it doesn't suck it's probably not going to be hard as hard you probably do a better job of it but
2: yeah well i think that's why it just like it spoke so much to me because you know as as a preschool <coughs> teacher you know i know charlie and scott have heard me i'm always advocating and talking about play for children and I will tell the kids that um, I teach that when I go to CrossFit or when I go to the gym, that's my play. That's how I play. Mm. And so mm. I think it just—it's it, so kind of refreshing to hear other adults also in the same area, you know, referring to it as play um, in mm. such a positive way. So,
0: yeah, I think I did an interview. Or I did a little project last year with um, Movember, and if you guys have Movember over in the states, <laughs> we give a mustache. So I was lucky enough to get, uh, become an ambassador for them last year. And we went and we did this kind of retreat and the guy, that the, the CEO of Australia Movember, he was interviewing myself and a few other guys, various different sort of vocations. And um, he asked what was something, like if we, what are routines or things that we did every day to kind of keep ourselves uh, mentally healthy or whatever it was. And I sort of, I don't know why, I, I've been thinking about it actually I don't, for, I don't even know what for a reason, but I sort of said, I said like there's four things that I want to do every single day. If I do those four things in a day, I feel good. If I do those four things in a day, my day has had meaning and purpose that ties into my own core values and the type of person that I want to be. And they were move, learn, give and play. So play is literally, like if you had to dial down the four things that matter the most to me, even in a day-to-day instance, play is one of them. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, you know, yeah, we'd like, we're like we here, we're not here for a long time and you know, there is so much shit that we're going to have to deal with in life, not by choice. We should choose to do things that are enjoyable more often.
1: That's awesome. And you, you actually studied psychology for a while?
0: Still studying, yes. So okay. um, I'm still doing, I was doing it full time. I kind of... Started doing it full-time, did a year full-time, then dropped back to part-time for a year and then took a semester off and then I'm back to part-time now. So I'm studying both psychology and counselling. I'm hoping to finish the counselling component uh, of my course mid-year this year and be able to start practising clinically as a counsellor. But, um, yeah, the goal is to eventually then keep just chopping through the psych degree. It's a four-year program. Um, So I've probably got another two years to go uh, part-time, finishing it part-time. Um, and yeah, get into that sort of field afterwards.
2: So thinking about just mental health, if we can dive down that avenue for a second, was that something that you became something of a challenge for you as a child, or was that more like when you were a teenager or an adult, um, I myself am a a person who has suffered from anxieties as a child. And I will say that I'm constantly maintaining my mental health and constantly managing my anxiety. And so I just, I love that you're so open and raw about talking about it. And I think the more that we can talk about it and normalize it, um, it's helpful for other people.
0: Yes. I mean, it's probably been, and you know, I've had conversations with my parents later in life where we've talked about my, me as a kid. And it's probably been something that I, I, I've struggled with, for as long as I can kind of consciously remember. remember. So I always just remember, like, I would get so frustrated because I would, like, listen to other kids talk about certain things and I'd be like, that's, like, just not how my head goes. Or I'd kind of say something that I knew that I was thinking about, uh, like, that I sort of struggled with it, like, mentally. And I'd sort of ask someone else, oh, you know, do you ever have to do blah, 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 blah? Or, do you ever think that, no, that's weird. I am weird. Like, what are you talking about? Don't tell people yeah. about this stuff that goes on in your head. That's probably for the best. Um, it got worse late teens, early 20s, um, and I didn't do a great job of managing it. I think it was like it just it never really occurred to me. Like, I had so many, like, quite blatantly obvious mental illnesses that i dealt with through like my late teens and you know early 20s um but I think I just kind of like you, you just justified in your head as like oh it's just a little bit eccentric or it's just a little bit weird or just a little bit this that and the other and it wasn't until like 2015 um ironically the same re- uh, the same week that I won the regionals I actually went and saw a doctor for the first time about mental health and I sort of sat down with the doctor uh, and this was kind of off the recommendation of a couple of very close friends of mine. Someone being my ex-girlfriend who's still like a close friend of mine and someone that I you know, spent a lot of time with when I was younger. So um, her and my best mate, like, you know, they both sort of said, uh, I think it's time for you to go and see someone because you're obviously not in a great place. Um, and I went and saw a doctor and that sort of started this whole journey of me looking at mental health as actually, more than just me being a little bit weird or a little bit like fucked in the head if you excuse my French but um yeah and I guess um it's was through going through that process of actually starting to go and try and get some help and it's an ongoing process on the same like you know I still uh, when I first went to get help I was diagnosed that same session that very first session which was like 20 minutes of me talking to a GP, not even a psychiatrist. Yeah, I walked out of there with a diagnosis of bipolar disorder and um, emotional dysregulation issues and was given a variety of medication, basically told, just take this, uh, go see this psychologist. Um, and you know that's what we're going to kind of do. And so the medication, I tried the medication, it was absolutely horrible. I had really hard, i was on and off medication for bipolar disorder probably for two years before i just decided i needed to go and get a second opinion i would go back to the doctor and sort of say like i didn't like the side effects or whatever it was for the medication i was taking and he'd be like oh you know maybe drop it back down and then let's build it back up Or let's try this different medication as well or are you taking it consistently enough and um you know like i, I was not in a great headspace, so I was not in any kind of solid routine. So it was it was inconsistent that I was taking this medication. So, in some respects, he had a he had kind of a um, yeah. And I, I also had like not very much money at that point in time. Like I think the early years of being a CrossFit athlete probably looked a lot more glamorous than they were. You know, I was living off next to nothing in terms of income, um, trying to be a full-time athlete, I guess, but without a full-time income. Um, and psych- like psychological help is not cheap. Uh, so I kind of was going to see this psych who, probably a lovely guy, but was very, I don't know, he just sounded like he was reading from a textbook. There was no real kind of connection or click or anything like that. And I really didn't enjoy the sessions, didn't feel like I got anything out of them. Um, I, was, I didn't like the medication, so... It's kind of dropped off with both of those things. Um, and it was only kind of two years later that I decided to go and see a psychiatrist to get a second opinion um, because I sort of spoke to someone and they said, oh, hey, do you know? Oh, actually, no, this was like my first year of studying psychology full time. I sort of read a little bit about like the difference between psychologists, psychiatrists and all the doctors and that sort of stuff. I was like, I don't really think I should have gone to a GP for a diagnosis as serious as bipolar and medication and stuff like that. So went and saw a psychiatrist and he said, said the same thing. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think that that is the right diagnosis. Um, let's have a look at a few other things. He wanted me to see him then regularly. He was $400 a session and I just did not have $400 to go and see this guy regularly. Um, lovely dude. But again, I didn't really click with him either. So. Uh, once again kind of uh so i said thanks like it was good to know that you know he was fairly certain that the bipolar diagnosis was wrong um and then but i wasn't going to go and keep spending 400 bucks to get to the bottom of what was going on i was like beauty i know that now okay thank you for telling me that i can kind of not feel like i'm doing the wrong thing by going off this medication i'm going to go back to doing things my way which is just try and figure it all out myself she's not the right way to do it but it was um is better than 400 bucks a pop to go and try and get answers from this guy. And then anyway, yeah, fast forward to maybe another two years. Uh, last year was, um, I decided it was time to go and take uh, control of my mental health again. It was kind of spiraling a little bit in the wrong direction. And I went and sort of did a lot of looking into like psychologists, psychiatrists. i had done a fair bit of research myself and kind of had a few ideas about what might be going on. Um, found a psychologist... It's probably the fifth or sixth psychologist that I've seen in my life. And he was fantastic. I still see him regularly. He's uh, he's great because he's a clinical psych and also a sports psych. So we uh-huh. do a combination of both. So we'll kind of go in and some sessions we won't even touch on mental health. Like if my mental health has been really good, we won't even talk about it. It'll be purely performance-based. And he's helped me immensely as an athlete. He was the catalyst, I think, as well for me to really putting – things like my studies and stuff more on the back and focusing on being a full-time athlete for the time being ironic that <laughs> probably the first year I've really dedicated to being a full-time athlete is my priority. <laughs> probably not going to be a CrossFit Games, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, he's been fantastic. And then he sent me to another psychiatrist and through that psychiatrist, I got sort of um, a bit of a different perspective on diagnosis. So things like ADD, ADHD, and OCD, obviously I, suffer from really bad anxiety, at at times really bad, at times manageable. I think it's always kind of humming along. I'm just so used to it now, as I'm sure you'd be the same, like when you do live with chronic anxiety, you kind of just get used to that lower level, but like certainly prone to it. But it's something that like, so it's had a huge part of my life. Something that's another thing is like my, it's very, like very, very uh, prevalent in my family as well. Like on my mum's side, particularly my mum, one of my little brothers was, I even recently hospitalized for severe anxiety and um, panic disorder. So, um, it's something that, you know, is very, yeah, as I said, like very close to my heart for personal reasons. And then also because of people around me, um, as well, like, you know, seeing family members struggle with it, uh, and, you know, also that dealing with it myself makes it something that I'm super, super passionate about, but. It's funny, like people are like, Oh, it's so nice that you're so open about it. But for me, like I almost see my in some respects the reason I'm so open about it is because it's for selfish reasons. Like if I bottle it up and I keep it to myself, like it just festers. If I'm open and honest about it and I just talk about it, it kind of it's a, it's a bit of a release in some respects because it means that I can be open and honest about it. It means if I am going through a really bad period Lack of anxiety, I can just say, hey, like, my anxiety is really fucking bad at the moment. I don't want to go and do that. Like, I don't want to go out. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And, like, people will give you that space. And the way that I kind of see it or justify it is if someone uh, breaks their arm, they, you know, there's going to be things they can't do while their arm is broken. And they're going to be like, oh, I can't do that without a broken arm. Or, like, oh, you know, my, my broken arm's really hurting right now. Or, like, you know, whatever it is. I don't know why mental health should be any different to that. And I don't know why talking about it should be any different. I don't know why talking about getting help for it should be any different. Like, you, know, you go to a new gym. What's the first thing you tell your friends? I just started this new gym. You go, you start a new diet. People don't shut up about their diets. Why the hell should going to therapy or going to like, uh, like a support group or something like that for mental health? Why should that be any different?
2: Yeah, I totally agree. And I don't, I don't view it as a selfish thing at all. You know, like I, I view it as you're speaking up for your needs or it's just another tool to to for coping is by talking mm. about it and sharing it with other people. Hundred percent. So I know that you also, though, in your I just been listening to your new podcast, so why don't you give us a shout out about your new podcast? It's called Sweat uh, yes. Therapy.
0: Yeah? It well tentatively called Sweat Therapy. Okay. I did call it Sweat Therapy originally. Um I still want to change the name because I don't want it to have like therapy is the name of my online program that I recently started. And and I love that name for a program and for kind of that thing, but I don't want the podcast to have any kind of like business or marketing ties. I just want it to be like a platform for, I guess my own self-expression and me to be able to interview people about all sorts of different things. Like I want it to be more about stories to do with their own journeys. Like I interviewed Brandon Swan yesterday is a good buddy of mine. And we talked mostly about, I guess, his own journey as an athlete mentally more so than physically and then like things like being a father how that's changed his perspective on things how that's told him to deal with you know setbacks and all this sort of stuff instead so trying to come up with a name currently a new name I think I just posted asking for suggestions before we jumped on this course I'm interested to see what people come up with but yeah it's kind of something that I want to do for a while
2: but you definitely talk in that first episode, though, a lot, though, just kind of about your mindset and talking about your self-talk, your, your self-sabotage, or just, just kind of a mindset. And so I think um, that was a great first episode to kind of to, to get in there to, to think about some other ways to maybe approach your self-talk um, with some of those challenges. So I just wanted to make sure that our listeners could have a shout out to find that.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you very much.
2: So talk to us about some of your
0: tattoos there. Oh, I've got a few, haven't I? <laughs> I yeah. think I've got like, at last count, somewhere like 21, 22. Uh, I'm going to say like maybe, f- no, not 50%. Let's go with 30% We're probably whilst intoxicated. Um, <laughs> don't drink and get tattoos, guys. It doesn't always work out great. Um, no, I've collected them all over the place Like all over the world um, Yeah, some have Like some of the small, like little ones Have huge meanings to me, like this one on my thumb i uh, show you guys Like the double yeah. arrow there So that actually corresponds with I'm going to see how this works here, hang on guys um.
2: I love this Yeah. Oh, we lost him
0: Alright, sorry about that I'm not quite sure what happened there. <laughs> yeah, that didn't go as no planned. More get, no, no more getting up and uh, showing my leg on the podcast. I'll just stay normal. um, normal-ish. Yeah, so that's sorry, The double arrow it, there actually corresponds to a tattoo I have on my shin. And I got that tattoo 2015 uh, when I was going through a bit of a tough time mentally. And the one on my shin, it's two arrowheads. And the different one arrowhead is completely empty. And the other arrowhead has. Uh, it was done by a traditional, like Cook Island, uh, a Maori tattoo artist. So from the Cook Islands, which is where my dad's from, and it was done in the Cook Islands. And it's a symbol for like the storm, for chaos. So what the two arrows were supposed to represent um, was one was empty for when you feel empty inside, and the other was chaos for when you feel completely overwhelmed and all over the place inside. And the idea by putting them inside an arrow was that you can. When you feel those things, you always have the opportunity to keep moving forward. And then I got the little ones on my thumb because obviously when you feel down, you look down. And so if I look down, I can always see the little arrows on my thumb and it's that little reminder that, you know, if you are, whatever you are feeling, you always have the opportunity to keep moving forward. And so that's probably my favorite of all my tattoos. Oh, actually, I really love the one of the bear on my arm, which actually looks a little bit like color. So it's kind of cool as well. But um, I really love that tattoo and I really love that I got it like before I even started my mental health journey, I was like, like this was my own little kind of the way that I, like this was, it was my way of expressing how I felt even just to myself, like, and it was, yeah. And then obviously like with everything that kind of ensued afterwards, it made a lot of sense as to, you know, why that was what I felt, but it kind of, it symbolized something that I've been feeling for so long. And it was almost like my little reminder to myself that, Hey, like, you're going to keep feeling like you've always like, these are feelings that are going to happen throughout your life. And it's always going to be that way, but you can keep moving forward. Like it's, you don't get hung up on it. You can keep moving forward. So that's probably my favorite of the collection Oh yeah. Or this one, the one that looks like a bear, like the geometric mm-hmm. bear, but actually kind of looks a little bit like color. So I, I like those a lot.
1: So let, let's go into a little bit about your CrossFit, uh, life. You, you've been to the games four times as an individual and once as a team. So what, yep. what was the motivation to go team last year as opposed to individual?
0: Uh, I think the new format. I think the day – it was funny. The day that they said that there was going to be you could do super teams, I got off a flight. I can't remember where I was going to back from, but I remember getting in a car. And sitting down, reading that article, as I was reading it, I saw uh, Rob, Rob Downton, his name, uh, owner of Raw Strength, he said he's Jess Cogland's partner. So his name flashed on my phone and he was calling me. I don't know straight away he was going to ask if I wanted to do a super team. And I was like, you know what? Why not? I don't know what this new format is going to be like. Uh, let's just kind of have some fun as a team navigate this this new look crossfit game season and honestly it so i sort of said as long as we had a good crew and we did we had an amazing crew of people um i was i was down and yeah we kind of made that decision we qualified super early which was cool um and then yeah i don't know it was just a great opportunity to navigate the new season to have a look at how it all looks out you know and i'm glad that we did do it that way um yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't think I'm fin- I love individual competition. I would do team again in the future, but I just don't think I'm done as an individual. So that's why I went back again this year.
1: So with you saying that you're really focusing on being an individual this year and a full-time athlete, really for the first time in your career, mm. that, that showed a lot at Panda Land. I mean, you and Hefner went toe-to-toe uh, throughout that competition, and that's a top 10 games finisher, and, you're, and you're, you beat him. And you hung with him on all those workouts. Do you you think this was your breakout year as as an individual competitor?
0: I don't like to speak in hypotheticals. I think this is the most work I've ever put in to every aspect of being an individual athlete. Uh, I am really disappointed that I, as of yet, haven't had an opportunity since Panda Land to test that. Um, I or went going and doing the Australian CrossFit Championships because I was actually supposed to be competing at, in Germany and Egypt and I was really looking forward to seeing how I was travelling with my training at those events, testing out a few things strategy-wise and then coming back and then re really sort of building towards the Games. It's hard to say. Like, I had a great – I had a good showing at Pandaland. Land. Uh, there was a couple of you know in some events that weren't particularly favor uh, that didn't particularly favor me like five events and two of them really weren't wheelhouse being heavy barbell stuff um, but yeah like I'm stoked with how I performed there I think I performed. As well as I could, had was nursing a bit of a back injury at the time, um, which is sort of under wraps at the moment. But, it's, I mean, it's hard to say. I feel like I'm in the best place I've ever been as an athlete. I'm certainly the fittest, strongest, most well-rounded I've ever been, and I love that. It is a huge part of what's keeping me motivated, even though there is no kind of foreseeable events in the future because i like i don't want to drop off from where i'm at what i've what i've managed to do in the kind of last 12 to 18 months but at the same time it's hard to say like i could (laughs) i could go to the games and get cut first event who knows sport's a sport like there's no givens in this sport at all
1: so do you feel
0: oh go ahead do
3: you do you have a coach con
0: uh, not not really, no. Uh, I kind of have had coaches in the past. Uh, I've then done my own programming completely. I've sort of taken bits and pieces. I have someone, I have a great group of people to bounce ideas off, uh, but I don't have a coach, no. So at the moment, though, I have someone that's doing some like, for example, at the moment, I have someone that's writing endurance programming for me. Uh, if I want to get a little bit of help with my Olympic weightlifting, I've got like Sonny Webster lives around the corner from me. He's obviously a former Olympian, a brilliant Olympic weightlifter. So I have people that if I'm like, man, I just want to get some eyes on while I'm doing some lifting, I can ask Sonny. If I'm like, oh, I want to get some ideas for, improve, uh, for some endurance stuff. I'll ask this person. I also sometimes just get sick of writing programming, <laughs> so um, I like I have sort of a couple of programs that I'll look at day to day and sort of take bits and pieces from for my own training as well, um, and then yeah, just kind of juggle it all together. I think I, like I would I guess though. Then as well, I've got my psych. who's a sports psych, so he's also a coach in some respects, my mental coach, if you will.
3: Have you have you noticed this year that you got a little less nervous competing? Um, with that mind work that you were doing with your uh, therapist?
0: No, but I don't think so. I'm still an an anxious ball of nerves (laughs) sitting at the local cafe, let alone taking the competition floor. Uh, But what's something really powerful that's helped me deal with that is reframing those nerves as the powerful teaching tools that they are. Like when I go into a competition and I feel nervous, I'm so... Aware that, oh, like I, I have reframed those nerves as necessary stepping stones to self, like to, to growth, and so I know that by then taking the competition floor, like let's say I feel really anxious, really stressed, really nervous, and I don't want to do it. Uh, you know, I'll come up with a million and one reasons why I. Do it, or a million and one reasons why I shouldn't do it, and I can pull out, or like, and I'll justify this and this and this and this, and it's super easy for me to do that, uh, just given the way that I am. But then ignoring all of that bullshit, let's call it what it is, and then taking the competition floor, despite feeling that sickening feeling of nerves beforehand, like there is enough growth in that, and there's enough meaning and purpose behind that that I just, I just accept them and deal with them, like they're just there nerves don't make me less any less of an athlete so i just they're just part of the process for me but no i I don't get any less nervous (laughs) i wish i did i wish i had a means of like people are like yeah i just don't get nervous i'm like fuck you guys bullshit probably but (laughs) if you don't get nervous then like i envy you yeah I, i love that people always are like oh i don't understand why you you know how you get so nervous or why do you care so much about this? Or like, oh, well, I don't need this. Or why do you do that? I'm like, well, like, good for you. Like the beautiful thing about us all is we're all so different that like, oh, fuck you guys, like I do get nervous and I hate it, but, um, it's just part of the process. Part I think of the journey.
2: What's so hard about though anxiety is because anxiety is more about this internal pressure, not necessarily mm. external pressure, what other people's expectations, but what your own expectations are for your own performance.
0: Mm. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. The, and it's like, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to explain it. Like it's not just being nervous. It's like you are for play, like playing out every possible most catastrophic outcome from every possible situation all the time. But you know that it's like you kind of on some level know that it's irrational and that it's logically, yeah, yes. yeah. But you're like, and everyone's like, oh, just like think about it rationally. I'm like, I can't think about it rationally. It's fucking disease. Is like I can't do that. Like I, I, can if I'm not anxious. But if I am really anxious, like that's just how I am. I mean, I'm and I'm super lucky that the people around me, like Gem's fantastic. Well, Gem's pretty good at it. Some of my mates are pretty good at it too. Like understanding that if I am super anxious like sometimes like don't try to fix it because that's the worst thing that you can do for someone that for someone that is dealing with a genuine like we are which is a Helen face. people that are going through stuff like the, our, our reaction as a human being and I'm guilty of this as well if someone comes to me and like oh man I'm really upset about something and really like you want to fix that you want to fix it in that given moment but sometimes the best way to fix it is to just let it play out and then, when the person isn't super duper anxious or super duper upset, go through that. So, that's the other thing that, like, if I know that I'm really anxious going into a competition, I'm going to be, or I know that I'm going to be really anxious, I will just put myself in a situation where I don't have to deal with other people that are trying to fix that anxiety. I don't have to try and function in any other way outside of just being anxious in my little hotel room. I think I watched Borat the night before the handle and competition like that's how I manage it I don't try to fight it or like, like fix the anxiety I just figure out ways to let it take its course
2: yeah I always tell people it's all it's all about like riding the waves and
0: and mm. if you're
2: if you're helping somebody with anxiety that it's not about solving it but but offering to sit with them while they're experiencing it 100% So I'm wondering if TikTok is also something that you use to balance your life there a little bit to to balance some of that anxiety.
0: I love, it's so good. I mean, I've always just liked being a clown. I think that humor is such a powerful antidote to things like anxiety and stuff like that. And I think that it's such, you know, making people laugh to me uh, has always been, since I was a little kid, a way to kind of, it's just like it's a simple way to add value to other people's lives. And I, feel I love TikTok as a platform because it isn't overly politicized like uh, Instagram and Facebook is now. Like I think I go a little bit nuts sometimes. I go down these rabbit holes of like reading posts and comments on Facebook and Instagram and just think what the hell is wrong with people. But TikTok isn't that. It's just people being idiots. Like it's yeah. just people making silly little dance mo- videos or funny little videos taking the piss out of themselves or each other and as really just nice simple let's call it play let's call it mental play just you can sit on there and flick through these stupid little videos and it's a bit of a mental deload from particularly at the moment everyone with their 10 cents worth on the COVID virus and what we should all be doing and what everyone's doing wrong and why everyone except them is a bad person. Oh man, like I, I like that little break from that. Yeah,
2: for sure. Kat, you, guys you have, have. Oh, go ahead. I know you had some things that you wanted to ask Con, so I just want to make sure I give you the opportunity. So sorry.
3: No, no, you're good. I think uh, you know we could go into a rabbit hole and talk about you know more game stuff. We could talk about grid a little bit, but. I think uh, I think you know everything that we talked about regarding the mental health was really sort of the focus tonight, and I'm glad we got to cover all that.
0: By all means, shoot some games or some grid questions at me. Like I do, also work out. I promise you guys, I'm still training, and I love my fitness and stuff just as much as mental health.
3: All right, well, let's talk about grid then, because that's when I started following you. How did you, how did you get into that?
0: Uh, honestly, I was training my ass off and I hadn't made the games yet. And I was not sure I was ever gonna make the CrossFit games cause I just felt like that was this ridiculous goal. But then someone said that they were starting a team sport version of CrossFit where you get paid to be a professional athlete in the US. And I thought, you you know what? I don't make, I make very little money here in Australia. There's nothing like that here. It's gonna be really hard to make the CrossFit games, but maybe I'll be good enough to make one of these kind of teams if there's gonna be all these different teams. I'm going to try it out. I just put my hand up, went and tried it out. Uh, in Boston, I got picked for a team. And yeah, like that was, that was it. I ended up making the games shortly after the initial combine for Grid. Um, I actually made the games before I got officially picked in a team, but then yeah, I got picked in the DC team had issues with my visa the first year so I wasn't actually able to go across and that was a whole nightmare in of itself I'd basically yeah that was crazy and then like there was even more drama with the next season where like uh the owner of or the former owner of the team had basically told me there was this full-time job for me waiting in America with uh I think it was Becca from my team as well and you know I, I all but packed up and sorted my life out back home to basically move over to the States for an indefinite amount of time. And then we found out that he was, you know, effectively full of shit. And that was not the case at all. So I actually, uh, I literally jumped on a plane, flew to Baltimore for the start of the 2015 Combine, effectively thinking that there was this like press tour organized for the team, um, and I got off the plane and I saw Kotler, Justin Kotler, uh, who's like a very close friend of mine now. Um, probably this all really started at this period. He was coaching me at the time. He's like, "Man, let's go get a beer and sit down." I got to tell you, like, this shit is hitting the fan with this with this season and with this sport and with everything that's going on here. So uh, we sat down and he kind of filled me in on everything that was going on. And I ended up just staying with him for him and his uh, wife Ash for two weeks in New York. Like one of my best mates was moving over to New York as well, so it worked out really really well. Um and yeah like really started mine and Justin's friendship I mean Justin is still uh, one of my closest friends like him and Ash like his him and his wife are just such beautiful people and I'm so thankful for having met them through Grid and through all the people that I kind of met through Grid I think everyone that I really met through it were, were were great um and you know started some like long lasting friendships and stuff like that through that as well but um I was shit at Grid <laughs> I was probably like the worst possible athlete for that sport because I'm not very good at anything I'm just kind of good at a lot of things so I think really my position on that team was very much ceremonial uh the year that I did play it but it was good fun I had a blast
3: it was it was fun to watch for sure and mm. the, the prospect of having sort of a, a professional league um for spectators and for people that were really fans of the sport I think was, uh was an interesting prospect. I was sad to see it go, um, but I yeah. understand that it was a little bit of a shit show from a financial perspective and you know, people mm-hmm. just couldn't, couldn't make it work.
0: I think they went about it the wrong way. I think there's so many potential opportunities now with the fact that CrossFit's kind of released its stronghold on functional fitness competitions to some extent. I think there's so much opportunity now if someone does it the right way to create a league sort of version of some kind of fitness sport, but I'll be interested to see. It's like a brain much smarter than mine to do it. And I would be interested to see what they come up with.
1: So do you have a a favorite regionals or games workout or, or a couple workouts?
0: I mean, it's hard to say hard to beat 2016, the final workout at regionals. I think I was three points out of qualifying for the games I knew the only way to guarantee I qualified was to win it and I won it. So that, from an experience, pretty pretty hard to beat. Like, that whole event was unbelievable. Like, I still get goosebumps watching it in replay, even just thinking about it sometimes because it was just... It was, I think, like, it was a... It was a moment of, for someone that second guesses themselves and has a lot of kind of their own insecurities, it was a moment in which I walked into something that really, and I just told myself, you have the capacity to win this, you can win this, and you will win this if you do it properly. Like, I think then doing it, there was this kind of, it was a very big and powerful moment of kind of like accomplishment for me being like, yeah, you are capable, and then actually being capable of what I told myself I was capable for, which was kind of cool. I was just, I was just sick. Like, like, fuck, it's clutch. It's mad. It's cool. Like it was really, really cool. I enjoyed it. Um, in terms of most enjoyable, obviously I loved when they brought those paddle boards out, like having a surf lifesaving background. I think all the Aussie boys and girls thoroughly enjoy that, but I liked the marathon row. I thought that was just such a cool thing to spring on us that close out. And (laughs) just like from, just a hectic perspective. Fourth event in the day. I just thought it was hard. Like it was cool. Like I like I like that shit. But it's a mental test as well. But I don't know. Um, I really liked the programming at the games last year. The individual programmers just didn't get to do any of it, uh, obviously. But yeah, I don't know. I hard to pick a favorite. Favorite moment probably be hard to beat. Twenty sixteen. But then again, like the lead into that was not fun at all. Like the nerves and that like going to bed on the Saturday night, being in sixth place for the first time in like three years, I'd been out of the top three. It wasn't a nice feeling. Like in the year before, I think me and Rob, I went to bed on the Saturday night. and Rob and I had so much of a lead that I think there was no way I wasn't finishing kind of first or second in 2015. So it was very different the following year, but it was a cool experience afterwards.
1: So, So you're known for your legendary celebrations after that 16 regionals. Was the celebration as legendary as the finish?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was a big night. No. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember in my interview afterwards, I said, if I've got the ticket, I'll buy everyone around at the bar. And I think I had so many people come up to me at the bar. <laughs> you said you're going to buy around, that I just went up to the bartender and I was like, listen, can you just make 30 drinks, leave them on the counter here, If people want a drink, just tell them when they get here that it was my shout and they can just take one. So the fire tender did that. Yeah, it was a mad night. I had all my crew were down there as well from the gym. Um, Like we had just a massive crew of people down there and it was, yeah, it was pretty awesome.
2: And your drink of choice is craft beer. Is that correct?
0: Absolutely. (laughs) I I actually used to do a podcast
1: on craft beer. You're kidding,
0: mate. That's unreal. Yeah. The craft beer scene in America is fantastic.
1: It is. They're popping up everywhere where we live. Mm. Yeah, so if you're ever up here for Rogue, there's plenty of choices.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, look, that, I'd love to get there one day for that event. It'd definitely be one to, to try for. But um, I like that they're doing it online this year, apparently. Yeah. A cool twist.
2: We'll yeah. see how it works. And just to see how goes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that said, I really hope I heard it thrown around that they were considering doing the games online and I really, 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 really hope they do not go down that path. I am very much, a, from a purely selfish perspective, I'm a very much an in-person competition. Like I yeah. like, will rise to compete in person versus I just cannot, I don't know, like I can't pull that same energy, I can't pull that same kind of investment mentally and physically when I'm just in the gym. Like I can go hard and I can sell my soul, but it's just not the same doing it for the open. And uh, look, let's call a spade a spade here. I just reckon there's too much shit that goes on online. That Yeah. <laughs>
3: oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't see, I don't see how they can crown the fittest and have it be an online competition. Nah. I think, you know, they'd have to make some changes to that title for sure.
0: Absolutely.
1: Well, And Rogue wants to broadcast it. So Charlie made a great point. You know, you put it on Zoom and you're like, okay, con is on the third row, fourth (laughs) (laughs) column.
0: People just dial in anyway. I didn't actually get a ticket to Rogue, so I might just like dial up, see if I can find the link, just be doing it anyway.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Guys, please just let
0: me compete. I'm really in good shape. I just want to use it somewhere.
3: That would be fantastic.
2: For sure. Do
1: you guys have any other questions? I'm
2: good. Yeah, I just, I just thank you so much for, for being available and open to talking to us. You know, you, um, like I said, have been on my list for wanting to talk to you for a long time just because I felt connected in those, those ways, and I look forward to uh, watching you on TikTok. But I need to know, <laughs> how many takes does it take you to get that timing just right?
0: The lifting ones, yes. I promise you, each of those lifting videos were, f- were first takes, except the blinding lights one, which I did a uh, lighter barbell for. But then I hit the lighter barbell, I was like, I think I got 120 in me today uh, after a dance. So honestly, like those ones were, yeah, I, I, I just kind of winged it. Because the thing is, the, the, the key is you just make the dances up yourself and don't try to copy the dances that everyone else is doing. You can't screw them up because they're not real. Things. Yeah. That's the secret.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you so much again for, yeah, for being available and talking with us. And I look forward to hearing uh, more of your podcast and for hopefully watching you at the games this year.
0: Uh, hopefully I can't wait to hopefully compete. <laughs> yeah. <I laughs> thank I you so thank much for you. having me on there guys.
1: Yeah. I want to thank you too. This is our first ever video podcast. We've been in audio only until this this episode.
0: So oh, cool. we are twenty
1: seven episodes in and this is our first video podcast.
0: Oh awesome.
1: So thank you for being that and i was a bundle of nerves hoping the equipment would work and the technology would work. <laughs> it I'm
0: like glad it made did it through. So we did it. Yeah. Awesome. So thank you so much, guys. Yeah, All thank right. you. Good luck, guys. Take it easy. Con. Stay safe, stay sound. All right. All right. See you later. Bye. Thanks,
3: yeah. Con.
2: Well, that has to be probably my favorite interview. I don't
3: know <laughs> about you guys, but he he's he's the greatest. That was a great one.
2: So I have to say, I know that you know we always joke that, and I always tease that he is a very good-looking person, CrossFit athlete. But I really find him to be pretty deep on a lot of levels and so i just think that that's important to add here you know especially on on speaking about play which you guys know that i am all about um but also um, just on the mental health aspect as well so i was really um, super excited to get to interview him
1: what i thought was really cool is you know we were pretty serious with him for a good 45 50 minutes and we're like okay we can let you go and he goes heck no i want to stick around and, and yeah. have more fun yeah um which was pretty awesome
2: yeah yeah
1: definitely. So, you know, a little bit of CrossFit news. Um, The final pillar fell this week. Uh, The last sanctional was canceled uh, for the 2020 season and they're rescheduling for 2021. And that's Asbury Park. So that means that every sanctional that happened after uh, the COVID-19 quarantine stuff kind of started to happen uh, has been postponed and or canceled for this season. Yes. Our RIP sanctional season. Yes. That's been a really big bummer for me. Um, You know, we we start a podcast that we were going to do some new (laughs) stuff and it's all about COVID-19 and the quarantine because there's nothing to really report on from an actual event status. Yeah.
3: No. Good news is a lot of people want to do podcasts.
2: Yeah. People have a lot more time. True. A lot more time.
1: Getting a lot of guests, which is pretty Awesome yeah uh so and also last week we reported that the games definitely probably maybe will be at the ranch uh and that has kind of settled in now and people are realizing that there's going to be a lot of limitations to be to doing that at the ranch um especially numbers wise um you know Kat, you you texted the group this week that the age group online qualifier may be it for the age groups now because
3: I I mean I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong. It's just kind of a hunch that you know I don't know that they'll take it any further. I just can't see how you do an online anything when half the population can't doesn't have a gym to go to. You know, it's just I feel like that's going to be the best they're going to be able to do this year, and it sucks. Yeah.
1: Well, and we talked weeks ago about the online qualifier being the lowest attended of any year that they've done that for the age groups. And it's because many of the people in other countries didn't have gyms to do the workouts in.
3: Yeah. Um, Yeah. They were already sort of in the middle um, of this pandemic before, you know, when it hit. Yep.
1: um, And so even if, if California opens it up enough to have an event at the ranch to have judges for, both individual and all the age groups. I mean, that's, those are huge numbers just in judges. And then you talk about volunteers to like move equipment, get stuff set up. Now you're talking about a large number of people in one place.
2: Yeah. But I do think we, you, we've got two judges right here and I'll move some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you could go. Yeah. I, I'll volunteer right now. Here's my volunteer. I'll volunteer at the games. So sure fine. I will risk, I'll put a mask on it. We'll say CrossFit <laughs> games.
1: So as we get closer to August, July, August, I'm getting less optimistic that even at the ranch, it's going to happen that soon. I think best case scenario, we're looking at at least a delay into the fall.
3: I was, I was even thinking maybe they delay it past the fall into like the winter and just that be the CrossFit games. And they kind of take a year off or, you know, I don't know. There's so many possibilities, and I hate to go down any of those rabbit holes, but they have to be considering a ton right now. Totally.
1: I don't be like what, no I don't what. like what you're saying. I know because because one season <laughs> is already messed up. Right. If if it's if if we have to cancel the games and just call this, scrap it, and then but at least start anew for next season and not mess that one up.
3: Yeah,
2: I think I mean, that's a
1: better scenario than holding these ones off to the point where they're messing up next year's.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I can hear that point, Scott, and I don't disagree that uh, with that. But then I think it's not fair. And, of course, none of this is fair, right? But it's not fair to the people, like just mentioning this, Khan, who just took first at Panda Land, right? He earned that spot. He earned his tickets to the games. And for him to have such a great training season as among all these other athletes and then not to be able to to play that out, you know, right. it's like making it to the Super Bowl and then canceling the Super Bowl. So I just, I hate that for those athletes who this was their year that qualified.
3: Yeah, which is which is part of the reason why they might, you know, they could conceivably just delay it until such a time that we could do the games like we know how to do the games. I don't know. <laughs> it's a terrible yeah, I, situation. I, I, no I mean, what. you
1: look at like all the other sports the NCAA tournament didn't happen this year. We didn't crown a basketball champion in college football or college basketball, you know, and those kids who earned a birth to that tournament. Okay. I hear your words. I hear your words. I'm just, I I wouldn't want them to delay that tournament until next winter and then mess up next season's full season too. True.
2: Okay. I hear, I hear everybody's words. It sounds like we have a lot of different ideas about this (laughs) and we'll just have to wait.
3: Maybe they, maybe they let those people that qualified, Stay qualified for next year. Give they them a cancer. wild, a wild. Give them like a wild card, right? Like, a, mm-hmm. I mean, you figure the NCAA is doing that sort of with their their spring athletes. They're letting them be eligible again for another year. Sure. Maybe, maybe yeah. they do that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't it's think crazy. there's any any easy solution to anything no. that's going on.
3: No, it's fun to it's fun to yeah. try to figure it out though.
1: No so, one asked me. <laughs> So the other thing that happened to me this week that I didn't get to mention at the top of the show is that um, I got billed for the second half of my CrossFit Level Two. Woo! Uh, nice. That happens May 9th in Cookville, Tennessee. Awesome. Um, I'm trying. I about need to f- <laughs> 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 I wish my back was in better shape before I go to that. Yeah. Um, hopefully that I-, I can get it there. Um, but dang, like I was, I had already kind of given up hope that I was going to that in May. I thought yeah. it would be postponed for sure. That's awesome. Um, to then just be billed out of the blue. I one caught me off guard that $500 left my checking account in a <laughs> rapid <laughs> amount of time Yeah. Um, without really knowing. Um, but I, I'm excited because it would be good to get that, get that in, go to Cookville. I love the town of Cookville, Cookville. Uh, so to go back and visit, um, see some old friends and uh, hang out at Mayhem to get my level two is going to be awesome.
3: Now will you be able to drive there? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. See, I'd have to fly, so that's a sort of a no-brainer like: It's to, about yeah. It's
1: a six hour, six, seven hour trip to Cookville okay. from, for us, uh, and we gain an hour because it's a new time zone. Mm, okay. Uh, so All it's life. not not too bad.
3: Mm-mm. I hope it happens. I'm, I'm just trying to envision how they run a level two with appropriate social, social distancing. Yeah. There will be no tactile cues, I guess. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, like and that's going to work. And may, maybe I still get an email that says,
2: yeah, maybe they're just proceeding now and
1: they needed my money now. And <laughs> they'll, they'll email me in a week and say, yeah, you're postponed to August. Yeah. Hmm. I, don't, I don't know.
3: Yeah. So my level two was in, uh, was going to be in King of Prussia uh, the first weekend of May. Um, And I was, I was just redoing it kind of for fun. I don't need to do it, but I guess I'll get the CEUs um, for it. And I got the email last week that it was postponed to the the end of August.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, did you get billed for your
3: well, I was kind of on that complimentary, I got invited to go kind of a thing. So um, I think each one of the instructors- And how gets, do you just get that? It's like a free pass, <laughs> I think. Um, so um, one, uh, someone on seminar staff is sort of my unofficial mentor. Oh, okay. And yeah. so she made it so that I could attend it. So I don't know about okay. the money part of it, unfortunately. I probably, if I had to pay for it, I probably wouldn't do it. Yeah. To be honest with you, yeah. it's more yeah. of a, I took my level two back in 2015 and it's changed a bunch of times since then. So I'm just really curious to see. Yeah. There's a test. It's like, now. yeah. <laughs> Got to hope I pass the test. <laughs> it's, it's
1: hard. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited about that. It'd be, it'd be fun. Um, thank goodness with the, with the quarantine, I have been stockpiling some money into savings. So I was able to take that hit pretty easily. And, um, it's probably Mm -hmm. the one time in the last 10 years I would have been able to take that without like, (gasps) Oh oh my gosh. But I was going to say,
2: I was going to ask you, Scott, if you have anything that you can possibly say for this week's best thing on the internet.
1: Uh, (laughs) well, since I didn't have internet, right. (laughs) Uh, I I did use my phone to kind of do some things. And I did see something that was kind of humorous to me uh, i 've I've used him a couple of times. Nate Edwardson uh, does these wacky I think he 's just spitballing ideas of things out there to see what sticks mm-hmm. um, but but this week he ate everything that Rich Froning ate in a day uh, and did his normal like workout routine to see how he felt. so the big thing he did was he did intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. So anybody who's been around CrossFit and heard about intermittent fasting, it takes a while. I think Nicole Carroll did like a, a daily blog of how it feels every day as you're getting into intermittent fasting and how long it took her to feel normal. So he did it day one and he is, he is going at it at the gym. And he's going, I'm feeling great. <laughs> Woo! I'm feeling awesome. Woo! And then all, the next thing you see is laying flat out back on the floor going, I don't feel so good.
2: (laughs) I I just, I did GHDs yesterday. My stomach is hurting by laughing.
1: So uh, if you have a minute, it's kind of humorous because he, he really, he really pumps it up before he starts that I really don't like eating in the morning anyway. So this is going to be great for me. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's laying on his back going, Oh, not feeling so good.
3: That's great.
2: Oh, well, my favorite thing is something body positive from one of our former um, guests on the show, who is CrossFitter with a sign CrossFit Kate. Yeah, this was great. Yeah. Kate Gordon. Yeah. She posted an Instagram video of um, her, you know, in a bikini standing in front of the camera and turning around showing, and she just made a comment about like, have I gained weight um, during quarantine? Yes, I have. Do I have cellulite? yep, lots of girls do. Um, and she was like, and you know what, I'm still able to do the things I want to do with my body. Um, and I just think, you know, and, and I'm so glad that there's so many CrossFitters get to see that kind of thing. And I just hope that we can maybe share that with other people, um, especially myself raising teenagers. I just think it's an important message to get out there about body positivity. So that was my favorite thing from the internet. That
3: was awesome. That that got shared a lot. Yeah, I think CrossFit shared it and, and everybody picked up on it. It was, uh, it was eye opening, very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I was doing what I usually do before I go to bed, lying in bed with my phone, scrolling through Instagram, and a Con Porter going live notification comes up. So, of course, I click on it because it's gone, yeah. right? And uh, he is frantically trying to get more than one person onto his live feed, which I think we all know can't be done. <laughs> but he he was on this sort of online challenge with Sean Sweeney. Um, I think it was like an Australia versus U.S. Mm-hmm. challenge. It was Sean Sweeney, Jason Carroll, um, Hunter McIntyre, and Will Morad. Um, Will Morad didn't show up for the yeah. event, mind you. And then it was Jay Crouch, Maddie Sturt, uh, Luke McMahon, and Con Porter on the Australian side. And they were all doing this 60-minute activity every minute on the minute you do a shot of beer and five movements and they were doing like burp five burpees and then the shot and then they were doing squat jumps um but when, as it started like no one could get their live feed to go so i got like a notification that sean sweeney's going live and then maddie sturt's going live and all these people are going live but you can't see everybody at one time and somehow justin franco from the morning chalk up sort of caught wind of this whole thing and he got everybody on his Zoom account and went on YouTube Live to sort of broadcast it. So if, if you go to Morning Chalk Up, you should be able to see the full hour of um, activity. Everybody was dressed up like Joe Exotic. Um, <laughs> it's, you can't make this stuff up, right? Like you have to go watch it now. Um, I think there was, you know- And how some- perfect that this goes with this- week's episode exactly right yeah it was Khan in all his glory he was by himself in the gym and (laughs) i think sean was like on the beach and and hunter had on these like sequined trunks that were like were chafing his inner thigh and we get like a close-up of all that like in perfect (laughs) hunter fashion um it was like internet gold pretty much so yeah check that out (laughs) very entertaining yeah and i'm pretty sure the aussies won yeah they did
1: I, I did tune in for a little bit of that. I did see Maddie Sturt drinking beer and doing cartwheels as well as Khan drinking <laughs> beer and doing cartwheels. Um, and I think I even saw Sean Sweeney doing it as well. Probably. Uh, none of them, I would say, had that Julie Fouché gymnast technique.
3: <laughs> I'm sure those cartwheels were maybe a half an hour in too. So you never know how much beer had been consumed prior to yeah. that.
1: But it did definitely look like a good time.
2: Yeah. Love it. I won't be trying
3: it, but I'll watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Watch
1: it. Well, the last thing I just wanted to say is um, I need to thank my my homie um, Mike Dorwalt for a couple posters that he gave me for my new backdrop.
3: Yeah, love them.
1: I uh, got uh, Margot right there, yeah. one of our former guests, and Annie, Annie yeah. T, uh, my first CrossFit fandom crush, crush. and crush. Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, when I first uh, joined CrossFit back in the day. And so thanks to him for uh, giving me that. And I actually have a Sam Briggs one that'll be up for next week.
3: So here's my sad story about Sam Briggs and Margo Alvarez and those posters. So they were giving them away at the games last year. And so volunteers could, you know, grab them the last day. And I had my little canisters of posters and I'm flying out of Madison was delayed like four different times. I ended up earning like thousand dollars in American Airlines vouchers because I kept bumping myself to the next flight. Mm-hmm. So I was hanging out at the airport all day and I left the two canister posters. One was for my girlfriend, Colleen, who's like a huge Sam Briggs fan. The other one was for wow. my gym. I left them on at the gate and wow. didn't realize until like I'm halfway, you know, coming off the plane, like, wait, where are my posters? So I did the whole lost and found American Airlines thing, and that was just a black hole, and I never got my posters. Oh, so this makes me sad, but I'm glad you got them.
1: So, so the real question for you yeah. is: Did you bump and bump to get the miles in the in the vouchers so that you could go to other CrossFit events?
3: I for that reason and <laughs> like that airport was just it was a big mob scene of CrossFit athletes. So I hung out, I got to hang out like all day. I met all these cool people and made a ton of connections. So it was well worth it. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. All those
1: reasons. Mm -hmm. Well, as long as your priorities are straight, that's all we wanted to make
3: sure. (laughs) Just damn, I lost those posters.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, It's been a fun episode and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends.
2: Hi.
1: Thank you so much for joining us on the Clydesdale Crossfitter and Friends. Remember, you can find us on YouTube now and all major podcast platforms. That's iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn. Uh, we're available on all those. And please hit that subscribe button on whatever you use, and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends.